right, guys, welcome in today's episode of Locked On SEC Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Blake Lovell, and on today's episode of the podcast, uh, part two of my conversation with Locked On Ole Miss host Painter Sharpless as uh, we discuss more SEC football related stuff uh, as uh, we look ahead to next season and um, if you didn't listen to part one uh, I would highly recommend uh, doing that first Um, that way you you kind of know what we've already discussed uh, and it leads into some of the things uh, that we do talk about in part two of our conversation and we did talk about uh, several uh, different things uh, for the SEC football season Uh, we went into uh, discussing which first year coach uh, could have the most success of course, four new head coaches in the SEC, uh, and we made our picks uh, for which ones uh, we thought were going to potentially have an opportunity to have the most success in their first season on the job, even knowing uh, that their first season is going to be probably a little unique uh, based on the fact that there have been uh, you know, no spring practice, no spring games, uh, that type of stuff. And so uh, that makes it a little harder to probably predict uh, which of these coaches could have the most success in year one. Uh, we also uh, made our picks for uh, most surprising team in the SEC next season. Um, a couple of different options that uh, we bounced back and forth, and we both uh, had different answers on that one. Uh, We also made our picks uh, for uh, the most disappointing team, and uh, our answer was pretty much the same. And uh, a pick for the team not named Alabama that maybe that has the best chance to win a national championship uh, next season. And uh, we explained why we didn't include Alabama in that mix, uh, basically because uh, the Crimson Tide are the team that is ranked the highest and seemingly uh, with their past success uh, in making the college football playoff, We left them out of the mix uh, to make it a little bit more uh, challenging of an answer. And yes, I know LSU is the defending national champions, uh, but we based it solely on preseason projections uh, and all that. So we did leave Alabama out of the mix on that one and made our picks uh, for the team that we thought had the best chance uh, to win a national title uh, from the SEC. But uh, again, a great conversation with Painter, uh, lots of different stuff. So let's go ahead and jump into part two of the conversation with Locked On Ole Miss host Painter Sharpless. All right, let's think about another one here. Um, here's a here's a good one for you. We we sort of talked about this, I think, in our last discussion, but not specifically because we left a couple guys out. Uh, which first year coach has the most success in year one? I think it is. Oh, Blake, <laughs> locked on go... Ole Miss host um, Painter Sharpless <laughs> making the decision here. I'm gonna go with uh, Drinkwitz, man. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, kind of a boring pick, right? But because you want it to be one of the Mississippi schools. <laughs> but I I don't I like I could have convinced myself that Lane Kiffin could overachieve this year or that with the roster Mike Leach is inheriting and a transfer quarterback in Costello that maybe they could get to 7 wins. But with everything we've already discussed recently involving this pandemic Man, they're really at a they're way behind the eight ball, both of those schools, because at least at Mississippi State, what they're trying to do is so different than what they've ever done. And we've not seen an SEC team fully commit to the air raid. Uh, I am concerned for Lane Kiffin now because he was supposed to use this spring to get a handle on a couple of things. One, figure out what you're doing at quarterback and also where you need to pick up transfers in the summer. They can't do either of those things now. So I think they're really behind and there are some holes in their roster that they were planning to fill that they're not going to be able to. 
whereas I think you look at that defense that Drinkwitz is that he inherited, he kept his defensive coordinator. I think their ceiling isn't super high, but their floor is higher than the two teams I mentioned. So I'm going Missouri um, in, in this case. What do you think? I'm going uh, Mike Leach. Uh, I think that oh, I um, I'm going to go with, with, with the Pirate. I think Mississippi State um, <laughs> could wind up being uh, the, the better of the, of the four, but I do think it's really close. Like I think you can probably uh, – we know what, what Sam Pittman is, has to rebuild at mm-hmm. Arkansas – um, but I, I think the other three, I think you could put them pretty close together would be my expectation in their first season. Um, and again, that goes down to, you know, we could compare schedules and all that, but when you just think about how the teams are built, uh, I think those three are going to be pretty close, but I'll, I'll pick Mike Leach, uh, but, but I do think it's probably uh, going to be pretty close, uh, with the, with the other two that are close to them. And like I said, I think Arkansas probably a little bit behind, uh, some of the others, but, uh, that's the most fun answer, Blake, I'll give you that. <laughs> like that, that's the one where I think. Well, yeah, I think it's it's also legitimate. I think when you look at the roster, like there's a chance that they they could. I'm just I'm I am doubtful. KJ Costello, we talked about him on the previous episode. If every, if anyone wants a deep dive into KJ Costello, <laughs> um, we we did that on the previous episode and and gave some thoughts on why he sure. could, he could actually be one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC just because of the offense. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe because they're going to be so different on offense, that may give them an advantage uh, in terms of uh, preparation, and all that. But we'll see. Painter, we now jump into uh, the three ones here, and we're going to start with the most surprising team because I think there are a couple different options. And again, I, I think perspective is important here because, as we know, when you look at surprising in the SEC, we know there are just a ton of teams that are already, you know, close to that projected top 25 type of range, um, you know, over half the league at least. And, and so I think it's probably, you know, you're splitting hairs on some of these when you, when you think about it and maybe classify a team as a surprising team based on expectations, because the expectations are high for nearly everyone. But if you have to pick one team that you think could be the biggest surprise, maybe make up the most ground that, that people don't think could, could maybe be much higher than the anticipated, uh, who would that be? Mark Stoops and the Kentucky Wildcats, Look baby. Every, everybody's talking about Tennessee, the dark horse in the East. Everybody's talking about Kyle Trask building on uh, having another offseason under Dan Mullen and, of course, Georgia, all the talent they have. Look, they're not going to win the division, but just like a few years ago, I think they're going to turn some heads defensively I think that they will be sound I'm fascinated to see what happens on offense what they do at quarterback I don't think Joey Gatewood's decision has come down do you know uh, I should know that covering Auburn but uh, when he transferred uh, he was you know trying to get uh, an appeal for a waiver to play immediately and uh, I, I wish the guy well I hope he does really well at Kentucky just don't know if he'll get to play this season that's the team to me that has the best chance of exceeding expectations and quite frankly i understand why they're not getting talked about because they never do in the offseason but we should be coming up uh, my pick for the most surprising team in sec football next season and no it's not the same one uh, that painter picked uh, but uh, they do happen to be in the same division and our early picks uh, for the team that could be the most disappointing based on where they are picked in the preseason we'll get into that Coming up here on the Locked On SEC Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. I am I thought about that one, and it came down to two for me. It came down to Kentucky and the team that I'm going to pick. And no, I'm not saying it feels like 98, but I do think Tennessee is a team Ooh. that, despite 
probably already going to be a top 20 team, I would imagine. Yeah. And, and when you look at a lot of the, the preseason stuff, like I can see why. Again, I'm not saying that I think Tennessee is going to compete for the national championship or anything, but I do think when we say, you know, is Florida or Georgia going to win the East, I think you can make the case that Tennessee could have a chance because as we're saying, if we, let's just say we assume and and say that things don't exactly go as planned for Georgia in terms of their offense, and maybe it's one of those seasons where they're up and down on offense, um, you know, they just have some of those games where they can't do anything on offense, and that, that maybe hurts their defense, you know what I mean? Like, it could be something where as good as their defense is, if they struggle on offense, it's it's going to impact the defense a little bit, no matter how talented you are. So, if we make that, and you look at Tennessee's schedule, you know, they get Florida at home, they get Missouri at home, they get Alabama at home, they get Kentucky at home, they get, you know, and they their road games, they have to go to South Carolina, winnable game, at Arkansas, winnable game, at Georgia, now that's a big one, and then you're at Vanderbilt. So, Tennessee's schedule actually, I think, sets up pretty nicely, and when you think about what they have coming back, um, I think Tennessee or Kentucky's the pick here, but I think you can make the case, you know, like I said, for either one. Uh, but I'll take the Vols here in that spot. Did you have an honorable mention for anyone in the SEC West, or is it like, no, it's just not going to well, happen? Well, I know, and I thought about that because I'm thinking, you know, well, look at look at how many of the teams are already projected as a top team, you know, maybe nationally. And I don't, you know, I can't, I don't think I could throw Mississippi State or Ole Miss in there right. and say that I think they're going to eclipse A and M or if LSU struggles a little bit, I still think they're going to be a lot better than maybe yeah. Mississippi State and Ole Miss. So, um, yeah, I think it would be hard. And that's why I think you could really probably just pick several teams. I mean, you mentioned Missouri. Um, you know, if Drinkwitz has the most success of those first-year coaches, you could you could pick Missouri as a, as a surprise team, I mm-hmm. guess, too. I'm there. I, I can't. I couldn't have said it better. Look at that. What do you know? <laughs> um, all right. We go from the positive to the negative. Uh, most, all right. Most, well, I think we probably already answered this question, at least from your perspective. <laughs> uh, I don't even know that you know, this will be a very simple answer, but most disappointing team is? Texas a Yeah, I knew that. Um, again. Sorry, like the beat a dead horse there, but I just don't see it happening. They're going to get talked about as a team that can win their division, win the conference, and maybe even leap. For, you know, if you're doing that, then you're in the playoffs, and I don't see any of that in their future this year. Well, I, again, because we're doing this based on expectations and you see a lot of people putting them in their top 10, I think they're probably the best choice at this point um, to, to pick them as the one because, you know, like we're saying, even if you see some of these teams, if we're not there, you know, if we don't think Georgia's a national title contender or Florida, if they're not to that level maybe, um, you know, than a Georgia team was the last couple of years, uh, even with that, I don't think you're not going to see Georgia slide out of the top 25 or anything like that. I don't think they're going to have that big of a – a slide with LSU. I think Texas A&M and LSU actually might be the two best, you know, choices here at this group. And I know some people may throw Auburn in there because, uh, you know, Auburn has been up and down a little bit. But um, so, so there you go. Like we talk about maybe not being able to find uh, a surprising team in the West, but maybe maybe it's a lot easier to find uh, several teams in the West that they could be, you know, more disappointing potentially. You mentioned it a moment ago, but I think worth considering with the volatility and general chaos that happens on the plains. Could you throw Auburn into that? And I was going to ask about the Mississippi schools, albeit I realize the bar isn't super high for either of them. But since you feel decent about Mississippi State, like, do you think a letdown could happen in Oxford in year one after all the excitement about an innovative and, you know, brash Lane Kiffin coming to town? One of the things we brought up was that it could almost be, and I don't want to say this because we fan bases may take this the wrong way, but it's not going to be a mulligan in terms of just completely, you know, ignoring what happens this season. 
But let's say there are significant changes to the season. I, I do think in that scenario, you know, let's say they play three or four less games or the season gets moved back to mm-hmm. certain, you know, and you've just got all of these unknowns with how you're preparing for the season and you're not going to have your normal off season. I think in that sense, you could probably still look at some of these teams and say, okay, let's say Ole Miss really struggles or let's say Mississippi State really struggles right out of the gate. Is that all of a sudden just, you know, us going to just jump on Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach and say, oh, what's going on here? These guys weren't the right fit. Yes, there are going to be some fans that do that no matter what. Mm-hmm. But I think you, if you look at it from a you know an objective standpoint, I do think there's probably one of those situations where in cases like that, you're not going to look at these teams and say, you know, they're just going to be completely disappointed. Now, obviously, if they win two games or something, that's a different discussion. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. Like, I think this, this offseason makes it different in terms of how we're going to view some of these teams. Yeah, and I think what you said at the beginning is important, too. Like, A&M has really high expectations, so I think it's also easier for them to come up short. When you're in year three of a coach and you have a good roster, things could go wrong in that division when you've got the reigning national champion, the team that averages going to the playoff just about every year in Alabama, and then who knows? Like, Bo Nix and Gus Malzahn could be a great pairing in year two, and it's really hard to predict whatever is going to happen under Gus Malzahn. Like, they, they could win 11 games or they could win eight. Coming up, uh, Painter and I dive into our picks for the SEC team that's not named Alabama that has the best chance to win a national title. And Painter describes uh, his answer as a little bit boring. Uh, My answer, a little bit different, but probably not all that surprising when you consider uh, some of the favorites uh, in the SEC heading into the season. But uh, we'll get into our picks for that. Coming up here on the Locked On SEC Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. All right, here we go for the for the biggest one of all here, and this is the one that everyone is hanging on. The team, and we're not, and the reason I'm I'm asking the question this way is because look, we know Alabama. I mean, look how many times they've been there in the playoff, having a chance to compete for a national championship. Uh, I know LSU won it last year, but the reason why I think we're, I'm going to put and say this, and that we have to pick the team with the best chance to win a national title that's not named Alabama in the SEC because. Alabama's the team that has the highest projection right now of, let's say, they are the favorite of any team in the SEC that could win a a national championship this season. If you just look at preseason projections, they're probably the team everyone's going to list at the top. Okay, let's take them out of the equation. As we said, there are a lot of these teams that are right there in that middle you know, range after that where you've got three or four or five different SEC teams probably that could rank between, let's say, 5 and 15. Um, if you had to pick one team right now, you think that has the best chance to win a national title that isn't Alabama, who would it be? Georgia, which has to be the most boring answer because it's like, (laughs) oh, you're picking the team with the second most talent that's been to a national title recently and won the conference. Oh, great, man. But I'm tempted to put Auburn in there, but they're just too unpredictable and they're piecing together most of their offensive line without time to do that now in the spring. So I think if you're looking at Auburn as a year that they could really challenge, it's actually not this year, but the next. When Bo Nix is in year three, uh, you have had a couple of years to replace Derrick Brown and Marlon Davidson. You will return, or Auburn will return, a lot of its skill position players. So getting that aside, Georgia has so much talent, and they have been so close on a couple of occasions that if the offense is just good, like it doesn't need to be great, it doesn't have to be what LSU was last year. But if they can be a top 20 offense with the defense they have, and if Jamie Newman is on the high end of what the expectations are, it's very plausible to me. I already think they're back in Atlanta this year. 
if they win that, if they can get a, get over the hump against whoever they play, probably Alabama, then yeah, I, I like their chances of obviously being in the playoffs and winning it. Although, to me, if if we're going real broad, like Ohio State, man, I don't know. <laughs> that team is going to be so good. Yes, uh, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, on the Ohio State front. On the SEC front, I'm going to stick with this. And um, I'll tell you, my girlfriend's not going to like this. She's a Georgia fan. <laughs> but I'm going to, because I said Florida earlier about being the team that I think I would take right now to win the East, I think I'm actually going to stick with Florida here because I do think, as we said, I just have my concerns with Georgia's offense, although I know that defense is as good as it gets. Um, but I think Florida may be a little bit more consistent. I think they'll be more consistent on offense. I think their defense, we know, um, probably going to be a team that, that's going to cause turnovers and, and have chances um, you know, to, to maybe change games in that way, even if their offense struggles a little bit. So I'm going to stick with Florida, uh, but I do think, like you said, it, it's hard actually to really – it's really hard to pick against Georgia because of their defense. Um, it's just, you know, it, it, not knowing how everything's going to come together on offense, that makes me a little more concerned. Uh, but, you know, again, if we're talking about pure talent, I think it's hard to pick against Georgia too in that spot. To agree with you, Blake, and to knock against my own point, there's two things that I think are particularly noteworthy. One, in the playoffs last year, how many of those teams had – an elite defense and just an average offense. The answer yep. is none of them. They all had a fantastic yep. good point. offenses and good defenses. So if Georgia can't figure that out, they're probably not going to be where I'm putting them. The other thing is that in week three, they have to go to Tuscaloosa. Yep. And, you know, again, hey, that's t- an early season game and not knowing how long these teams are going to have to prepare, you know, that's that makes it a lot more interesting. Right. So I'm just assuming that in Tuscaloosa, which in a game that could be a toss-up early in the year, I'll take the home team, Alabama, especially because as it has become tiresome to hear, no Saban assistant has managed to beat him yet, and I don't think that trend is going to end in T-Town. Yep, we'll see. But uh, there you go. There are picks. Um, you know, get set, mad at us. They are completely going to be as accurate <laughs> as it gets. Um, we're just kidding. We we know. Uh, again, we're we're just talking about SEC football because, uh, as we all know, um, no games going on right now, and uh, we're trying to look ahead to the season and and have some fun with it. Uh, I'm sure we will change our opinions uh, probably at least. 342 times before the start of the season. But, uh, Painter, uh, before uh, we let you hop off here, uh, be sure to uh, let everybody know where they can listen to Locked on Ole Miss and all the great stuff you have going on over there. Yeah, if you are into Ole Miss, Locked on Ole Miss, as Blake mentioned, your team every day, a part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And if you're into Auburn or Alabama, I've got you covered on ESPN 1067. That's available at ESPNAU.com and the ESPN 106.7 app. My co-host, Justin Ferguson, who writes for The Athletic, and I talk a lot about Auburn and Alabama sports. Uh, Blake, really appreciate you letting me join you today. All right, that was part two of the conversation with Locked On Ole Miss host Painter Sharpless. And uh, thanks again to Painter for joining me. Always a fun discussion with him on SEC football. And uh, again, be sure to check out Locked On Ole Miss. Uh, Even if you're not an Ole Miss fan, uh, he does a great job 
covering a lot of different things around the SEC as well. Uh, so you can be sure to check that out. And uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Just head over any podcast app you use and search for Locked on SEC. And, uh, again, if you enjoy the show, take a few seconds, leave a nice five-star rating review. That just helps the show reach more people. Uh, for everything else, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Blake Level. And if you're excited for the upcoming NFL draft and uh, you want to see where uh, your favorite player from your favorite team could potentially land in the draft, just tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NFL Draft for great NFL Draft coverage. But uh, thanks as always for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next time here on the Locked on SEC Podcast, part of Locked on Podcast Network.